Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened a Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Today our topic is going to be overcoming fear and moving forward in faith. Let's begin today in Isaiah chapter 43. In Isaiah chapter 43, in the first verse, it said, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east, and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, Give up, and to the south, Keep not back. Bring my sons from far, and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even every one that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes, and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together, and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this, and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses, that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, It is truth. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God, formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, and have saved, and I have showed, where there was no strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was I am he, there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? We see the term fear not appear twice in this passage. The term fear not appears 95 times in the Bible, 72 in the Old Testament, and 23 in the New Testament. God is trying to get this message across to us that we are to fear not. We are at a point in history, the history of the world, and more specifically, in the history of this nation, where we are passing through the waters and walking through the fire. It is easy to allow fear to come into our hearts when we see all that is going on around us, but we can't allow fear to gain a foothold in our lives. 
If you give the devil an inch, he always will take a mile. Fear that we don't rebuke and cast out of our lives, we allow to grow. And this is why we need to guard our hearts. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear is a spirit. Spirits first oppress and then they possess. Recently, we have seen an unprecedented amount of fear, like never before seen. We have seen fear both oppress people and possess people. When fear oppresses people, it lays a heavy burden on their mind and their heart. But when fear possesses people, it takes a hold of their life and prevents them from living as they normally would. God has given us power over fear, because as God says in verse 2 of Isaiah 43, I will be with thee. Then in verse 5, he says, Fear not, for I am with thee. We have power over fear because we are with the one who holds all power. Now, if we go back into verse 10 of Isaiah 43, it says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God. Formed, neither shall there be after me. Fear, along with everything going on around us in the world today, has caused many to wonder why God has placed us here, in this place, and in this time. But what many don't understand is that it's an honor to be alive at this pivotal point of history. We are seeing things that no one in human history has ever seen before. On March 16, 2020, we went to bed in a world like we had always known it to be. But then on March 17th, we woke up in an entirely new world, where the entire world closed down, which just a short time before would have seemed unimaginable or like a fairy tale. God chose to do a new thing in the world. God could have put us in any other time or at any other place, but he chose to put us here in America today. He needed us for this time. Roy Lesson, who was a famous author, once said, Just think, you're here not by chance, but by God's choosing. His hand formed you and made you the person that you are. He compares you to no one else. You are one of a kind. You lack nothing that His grace can't give you. He has allowed you to be here at this time in history to fulfill His special purpose for this generation. And he chose us to be those people who will fulfill that purpose. And he chose us to be witnesses of him to the world around us for this time that we do live in. Now in verse 10 of Isaiah chapter 43, it says, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Being a good witness of God has three main components, which God shows us here in verse 10, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. The three components are knowing, believing, and understanding. When these three are combined, they form a sort of trinity. We need all three in order to successfully give true witness of God. We need to know him which means we have a personal relationship with him, a first-hand experience of him in our lives, and an active knowledge of his word. We also need to understand him, 
We need to understand who he is as God and his character. We need to understand who he is as the Lord of our lives. And we need to understand his word, comprehend it, and apply it to our lives. When we have these three components operating in our lives, we are witnesses of God. We are witnesses of his power and his grace and his love. When we witness of God to others, we help lead them to God so that they can know, believe, and understand him for themselves in their own lives. When we are witnesses of God, it is never for our own sakes. It is for the sake of those around us and those who will come after us. Those who come after us will see the water that we pass through and the fire that we walk through, and they will see that through it all we trusted God and stayed the course, and because of our faithfulness they may come to God. Melba Beals was one of the Little Rock Nine. They were a group of nine African-American students chosen to be the first students to integrate Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas. When Melba started school, the other kids were cruel to her. They threw rocks at her. They called her all sorts of names and slurs. They stole her books, and they constantly made fun of her. Every day at school, she went through hell. Three weeks into the semester, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. came to visit the school. He wanted to speak to these nine kids. Melba went up to him and shared with him all the suffering and cruelty that she had endured. He listened to her and then replied, Melba, don't be selfish. You're not doing this for yourself. You were doing this for the generations yet unborn. It was Melba's sacrifice and perseverance through suffering that made a difference for the millions of kids who came after her and who were able to enjoy an educational experience free from fear and free from hatred and cruelty because of her sacrifice. And in a similar way, when we endure in faith all that we are going through now, it is not just for ourselves, but also for all those who come after us, who will see our testimony of perseverance and be blessed because of it. Now, if we go down to the 18th verse in Isaiah 43, it reads, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself, and they shall show forth my praise. We are not going to go back to normal. We're not going backwards. We're going forwards. God is preparing to do a new thing. All that we have seen going on around us is breaking up the foul ground because there is a harvest coming. All that has gone on in the world today is laying the foundation for the work of God that is about to spring forth. The enemy is planning a great reset, but what they don't realize is that God is planning a great reset too. The enemy may try to reset the economy, but God is going to reset and restore the hearts and the minds of men. The key word in verse 19 is now. God is a present tense God. He's going to act now in the present. We are going to see the work of God that will spring forth now with our own eyes. The harvest is coming. We are right on the threshold of revival. And the harvest is many, but the laborers are few. So we need to pray that the Lord of the harvest 
sends laborers into his fields. The recent state and condition of the world has been defined by crisis. There's crisis of health, financial crisis, political crisis, national crisis, and spiritual crisis. Crisis is the new watchword, it would seem. President John F. Kennedy once said the Chinese used two brushstrokes to write the word crisis. One brushstroke stands for danger, the other for opportunity. In a crisis, be aware of the danger, but recognize the opportunity. In the days that we live in, there are many threats of danger. They are all around us. We see dangers to our health, security, dangers of losing our freedom, our nation, and our very way of life, just to name a few. And these are very real dangers, but we must be aware of them and understand them if we are to counteract them. Even in the midst of all these dangers, there are also opportunities. When we are presented with opportunities, the key is to seize them. An opportunity not seized upon is an opportunity wasted. When God gives us an opportunity, we need to take it. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. We must then ask ourselves, what is the opportunity that he is presenting to us in this day that we live in? President Kennedy also said, The hottest places in hell are reserved for those who in times of great moral crisis maintain their neutrality. God isn't looking for us to have neutrality. He is looking for us to stand up for what is right. We have the opportunity to stand up for truth and to stand up for justice and righteousness. It won't be fun and it won't be popular. Along the way, you'll make some enemies. But none of that matters when you see the difference that you make by turning a crisis into an opportunity for a better future when we can do good to all men. Winston Churchill once said, You have enemies? Good. That means you stood up for something sometime in your life. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, it says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The other opportunity that God is giving to us is to let our light shine brighter. If you stood in a windowless building and turned out all the lights and lit a match, no matter where you stand in that room, you would be able to see that little flame. The more darkness that there is, the more noticeable light becomes. And the brighter the light, the more darkness it dispels. And the same is true of us today. We are that little match. We are the light of the world. The more darkness there is, and the more evil that there is in the world around us, the more noticeable our light is, and the brighter that our light shines, and the more darkness that we dispel. The way that we take this opportunity is by doing good unto all men, like we saw in Galatians. By doing good unto all men, we shine our light brighter, and we dispel darkness. It means that we go out of our way to do good unto people, and to bless them, and to bring hope into their hearts. When we dispel the darkness, we change the time of crisis into a time of blessing. We must not make the mistake of hiding our light under a bushel. That's what many people have done today. 
They're too afraid to leave the house. They're too afraid to go and praise God at church. And because of that, they're hiding their light. We do this when we are aware of the danger, but fail to recognize and seize the opportunity that we're given. We live in a time where people need hope and need joy and need peace more than ever. And we will never be able to bring that to people if we're too afraid to do anything. We can't be paralyzed by fear. We have to move forward in faith. And we can't let fear hold us back. It's time for us to let our light shine and stand up for what's right. We have to take this opportunity while we have it. When we're faced with the fear of the unknown, and when it seems like there's no way forward, this is how we continue on in faith. When we act on what God has told us to do, He has promised to bless our actions and we have to rest in that promise. God is about to do a new thing on the earth and it's about to spring forth. He will use us if we seize the opportunity to be used by him. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 46. In Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 9, it says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, I will also do it. Hearken unto me, ye stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. It shall not be far off, and my salvation shall not tarry, and I will place salvation in Zion for Israel my glory. God is going to bring his word to pass. He is going to place his salvation in America in this day for his glory, and he is going to use us as his vessels to execute his special purpose for this generation. We stand on the threshold of a great work of God. Don't let fear hold you back. And don't miss your chance and your opportunity. We were made for these times. And don't become discouraged by what you see going on in the world around you. Fear is a problem for Christians. Fear is sinful. The enemy puts fear in your heart because he wants to hold you back from what God has called you to do. Fear builds a wall and it keeps you back from doing what God has told you. And the reason that the devil puts that wall of fear in your life is that he knows if you ever got past that fear, that there would be nothing at all holding you back from doing what God has called you to do. Don't let the devil do that to you. Rebuke the fear. Cast it out of your life. Tell it that it has no place in your heart. Move forward in faith. Answer the call of God for your life. Don't hate the dark days that we are living in. Embrace them. Because it is out of these dark days that God is going to do something wonderful in this generation. Keep persevering because we haven't seen anything yet. The best is yet to come. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your preserving power, Lord God. We thank you that you have given us hope, given us peace and joy in our lives, Lord God. We cast out fear. We rebuke it. Fear has no place in our hearts, Lord God. Fill that space that fear tried to occupy in our hearts. And we tear down that wall that fear has built. And we go past it into answering that call that you have for our lives. Lord, we thank you that you've given us a special purpose, a special role to play in this time. And we ask, Lord, for the wisdom and for the strength to answer that call in the right way. 
We know that you have set us apart as your peculiar people in this special time, Lord, and we thank you that you have chosen us, and we thank you that we can do all that you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to live free of fear and be a willing vessel for God's special purpose for this generation, and if you want to have Jesus as a part of your life, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you spending your time with us. If you would like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.